are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. And on today, I have joining me tarot reader, author, witch, moon money manifesting coach, and contributor to the Quartermancer magazine, Jen Stanky, joining me to talk to me all about tarot, all things tarot today. How are you, Miss Jen? Thank you for vibing out with me today. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And yes, we are going to dive right into all things tarot. <laughs> yes, honey. So, okay. Now we, to understand how you got your start in tarot, take me back to what interests you about tarot at the age of 14, because you were really young when you started off. Yes. Yeah. I was super young and, you know, it was kind of one of those things. I was always like the weird quirky kid. Mm -hmm. So I liked all the spooky stuff. I was roaming around in the woods trying to find fairies and all that fun stuff. So, you know, I think just as I got a little, you know, bit older, I was watching movies and I'm, you know, I'm noticing like all these different things in these movies. Like you see the crystal ball and you do see Mm -hmm. tarot in, in, in the movies and stuff. So, you know, I definitely, that sparked my interest um, for sure. And, you know, as I had gotten a little bit older, I kind of realized that not everybody likes this stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. or understands it. And they're like, oh, no, don't look at this. Don't do that. And, you know, in typical me fashion, the minute you tell me not to do something, I'm diving into it head first. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I saved up my babysitting money and I had asked my boyfriend at the time to drive me to the bookstore because, you know, at that point, you know, the internet really wasn't a thing yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't like you can just hop on Google and find where to go or find cards. And there weren't a ton of metaphysical shops. And mm-hmm. so there was a bookstore kind of around and I went in there and there was one deck and it's like the basic Rider Waite Smith deck. Um, and it's like the one, you know, has all like the ugly orange and, you know, weird yellow colors, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of looks like got a 70s vibe on it, um, even though it's a lot older than that. So mm-hmm. I did, I grabbed it and I, um, you know, I just started reading the book that went with it and just, you know, it's like the minute I picked it up and opened it, I'm like, okay, this is for me. And, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, a fun fact is that boyfriend is now my husband. <laughs> okay. Okay. It was meant to be, it was, it was laid out in the cards honey. I'm sure you pulled a few cards on that. Oh, yeah. So then he just kind of rode along this journey with me. And I have just been, you know, finding anything I could ever since to, you know, learn about it. And, you know, um, at that point, like if you went to the library, there was probably like three metaphysical books and they were Mm. always taken out. So you were like on waiting list to get them because, Mm. again, you couldn't like just get on the computer and find it. So mm-hmm. I waited for all these books. I just read everything I could um, get my hands on and really just kind of, it took off from there. Nice. So you just made a really good point about how before there wasn't really a lot of metaphysical shops. And if you wanted to read up on metaphysics or tarot or anything, you had to go to the library. So what do you think about the evolution of metaphysics? And why do you also think that so many people are drawn to metaphysics nowadays? Um, You know, really just the the evolution of it just has been, it's been crazy. And it's, you know, for a lot of years, what I did, you know, I didn't really talk about, you know, to a lot of people. I mean, I was always kind of studying and practicing and like, you know, pulling cards for myself or close friends or whatever, but not a lot of people were talking about it. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, as, you know, as time went on, then you start noticing there's now there's all these different tarot decks, like all these different styles and, you know, um, more people are talking about it, but not in like the hush hush way, you know, they're just talking about it. It's not like, Oh, do you know what this is? You know, they're like, Mm -hmm. no, look at this. So that has been, you know, a really cool thing to watch happen. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, right now, you know, I think really too, within the last couple of years, it's just gotten so much bigger. And I really do think that it has a lot to do with, you know, all the nonsense going on. Um, Mm -hmm. and people, 
stuck home and they've had time to kind of dive into things that they didn't um, have time for maybe, or that, you know, they thought about it, but it was always like, oh, I'll get to that later. But mm-hmm. then they had all this extra time. So they started to really look into it. So I do think that's kind of a good thing that's come out of all of this. And it's made people more self-aware. Um, and I think that's a really big thing too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know what? I feel like a lot of people are having over the past couple of years, actually, even before the pandemic, I feel like a lot of people are having a spiritual awakening and they're starting to wake up and realize that, you know, we don't have to be confined to just religion or the standards of religion. And people are realizing that a lot of what they've read in the Bible, if they believe in the Bible, you know, is is not all actual factual. And I know that's a touchy right. subject for a lot of people to talk about, but it is what it is. And I know in one episode, one show that you were on, you kind of dived a little bit into paganism and religion's connection to paganism, such as like Catholicism and Christianity. So can you just give us a little bit more background into paganism in its connection with religion just real quick for me please for the people for the people yes (laughs) um you know and it is it is so true and you know what it is you know people are starting to ask questions Mm -hmm. um i think older generations like you know they were just so they were just so put in the mindset from childhood to just believe it nope this is how it is you know this is what happened and you know and it and you know anything you know even that i'm talking about it it's not to like demean anybody's religion or what they believe at all. But, you know, it's it's interesting that people are like, wait a minute, this isn't really making sense. This doesn't really seem fair. And, you know, those questions are what is really kind of sparking this change in in everyone and in just how they are living their lives. And, you know, a lot of this began, you know, the pagans, you know, they've been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were, you know, very nature loving, you know, worshiping. They did have different deities that they or gods that they worshiped. And, you know, they were just kind of going on their merry way, doing their thing. And, you know, they were just very, they were more literal with things too. Like if you didn't, you know, if you, if you weren't being a good person, your crop died that year, you know? And then they're like, oh shit, we need to get it together. Like we need to start being a little bit better. So, you know, in a way it was a little bit more black and white, but then, you know, the, you know, the Catholic church started, you know, coming in and deciding they wanted to rule rule the whole entire world. Mm -hmm. So they came in and then they are coming into these communities. And, you know, a lot of these, these pagan people were just kind of like, what are you talking about? Like, what (laughs) is this? Like, what, huh? And they just, they didn't understand why one was better than the other and why they had to not do this and and why it was bad because that's all they've known for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so in order for the Catholic religion to really start to kind of infiltrate their, their beliefs, they started just kind of taking little things from it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, really, you know, I mean, this is kind of debatable. It depends on who you talk to, but Jesus was most likely born in the summer. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, why do we celebrate his birthday on the 25th, you know, and it's like, well, on the 25th in a lot of pagan religions is, um, you know, they uh, worship Saturn, the god of Saturn, and they worship, you know, the that and the changing of the season and the winter solstice, Mm -hmm. you know, which is the big thing is the winter solstice. So, you know, all of a sudden now. Now his birthday got moved to here, you know, and you're like, wait a minute, what the hell is that about? You know, but they're trying to make it so that it's relatable so that they switch over. And the same thing with Easter, you know, um, you, you have the eggs and the Easter bunny, and then you have Jesus rising from the dead. And it's like, huh? How does this connect, you know? And the best thing, the best thing about it is the kids, they, they pick up on this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have four boys and when they were younger, they'd be like, what do the eggs have to do with Jesus? But, and Mm -hmm. and I'm like, actually, absolutely nothing. You know, (laughs) and it's the goddess Astore and she, and that is E-O-S-T-E-R, I believe, which, Mm -hmm. wow, that sounds just like Easter. And it's like one of those things you like, you just like, oh, okay. And you know what? It's really funny. Um, One of my, one of my kids, they were kind of talking about that. We were, you know, cause I, you know, of course tend to do more of the 
the witchy, you know, the Sabbaths and the witchy holidays more than anything, but I do want them to know about all of them so that they, you know, can make their own decisions. But, you know, so they were like, well, if Jesus rose from the dead, does that mean he's a zombie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, uh, good point. <laughs> but, you know, that's just the kids view looking at it. Like, they're like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense, you know? So it was always very interesting to me how they took all these different, um, you know, pagan religion, like the pagan um, holidays, I guess you can call them, and just like switched it up to make it, you know, a little bit better, like even Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. you know, that has more to do, that's more of a pagan thing than it is um, even a modern day thing. And so they kind of, it's just crazy how they like snatch it all up because right around that February 2nd is the Sabbath and it is, you know, the beginning of spring. So that, then all of a sudden now we're watching, you know, groundhogs look at their shadow on that same day Mm -hmm. so you know and you know it just kind of went and as time went on they just more and more really were pushing this and then you know they started making everyone paranoid that every time they did something wrong or they didn't just worship you know god or jesus and you know and they worship these you know maybe their tree gods or whatever that they would go to hell and like in the pagan religion there's no such thing as hell mm-hmm. and you know they have the devil with the horns that's actually pan it's the god pan who like rules mm-hmm. the forest like he's not <laughs> Devils, like what? Maybe different. <laughs> so they take, but they took that, mm-hmm. and that's what that's the image of the devil you see. It is a version of Pan, and you know, Pan's just with his like, you know, like hoofs and his human body prancing around the woods, and now all of a sudden he's the devil and burning in hell. Like, why would this wood guy be burning in hell if he's all about the woods, like fire woods? Like, it just doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, when you really start looking at this, it doesn't like it doesn't add up so so yeah so you know and as just time went on and things evolved and then you know they started getting violent if you didn't follow what they were doing then that's when that whole shift started changing whereas the paganism started getting very hush hush because they knew that they would be somehow be persecuted um you know because they were different you know Mm -hmm. and god forbid that happened so um you know it and then you know that just kind of brought us to today but you know people are just really starting to dive into this like and really look at it and you know and it's the bible yeah they're the stories and stuff but you know if you even look into this and research it, like it's kind of changed over the years. And honestly, a lot of those scribes were just a bunch of drunk white dudes. Like <laughs> that's who wrote it. You know what I mean? And that is a very controversial thing to say. I know, but a lot of those guys that were doing that, that they just drank and wrote all day. So who knows what they are going to come up with, you know? And it's, it's, it really is very, very interesting to dive into. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a lot of people, you know, at least when I've read the Bible at the t- before I got into, you know, uh, metaphysics, when I would read the Bible, I wouldn't really correlate how a lot of it was a form of witchcraft. And right. there's, you know, they talk about sacrificing in the Bible. I mean, the cross that we use for Christianity is from paganism. You know, we took that from there and there's so much more. And the reason why we celebrate Valentine's Day, that's a pagan holiday as well. So it's like people don't realize that, you know, there's the correlation to all of that together. And I think for people, they have to open up their mind and realize, you know, when it came to what was going to be dictated and put into the Bible, it was done at the Conference of Nicaea, where you have Constantine the second that's sitting around dictating, okay, well, this is going to be put in there. We're not going to put this in there. We're not going to put that in there because they had a structure they wanted to have. They had an idea for how they wanted society to think. You know what I'm saying? They wanted to dig, they wanted to put their structures and their values onto other people and force them to go along with that. So it's for a lot of people, it's like you have to, when you're reading the Bible, you have to just be vigilant about it and realize, okay, yes, it's saying this, but at the same time, I know that that can be morally right. You know, right. No, definitely. And, you know, you can just take, you know, stuff out of the Bible and, you know, and, you know, just kind of like 
flip it and reverse it and just like make it work for you and take it and make it a good thing too, you know, um, because they are just those words on paper. So you can take and do with them what you want. And I think it's just about that mindset of, you know, really just being a good person and trying to do good things and just staying in that focus and not using those words to hurt anyone. Exactly. You know, yep. Do what's morally right. So yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah. But I'm going to get into, I'm going to get into tarot now. So tell me a little bit more about tarot and how it's useful for others and how it actually is a guide, how it can be a guidance tool for other people if they decide to use it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, you know, it could be, there are 78 cards in the deck. So there are 78 cards um, and they all have different images on them and they are kind of set up like a suit of car, like cards, mm-hmm. you know, so they have suits, they have, um, you know, like the minors are all the numbered cards. And then the majors are the first like 22 cards and the majors represent like the major life events. And those are the ones you usually see in the movies, like the tower card or the, you know, the sun card or any of those. So those really, um, you know, focus on big life events. And then the court cards, um, you know, you have the king, the queen, the knight, the page. They represent a lot of times um, maybe people in your life or they may be like an archetype that you want to kind of emulate to get some stuff done or, you know, like, oh, I need to tap into the queen of wands energy today. So wands is all about action. So the queen of action, like, yeah, that's who I want to be today. So, um, and then you go into the minor cards, which is more like the everyday stuff going on. Um, it could be, you know, like you might have the five of wands again is an action card, but that card's more of like a conflict card. So maybe if you pull that, you're like, all right, somebody's going to be stupid today. I just need to be on the lookout and not get myself too like emotionally involved with it. Like, okay, I see what you're doing. Great. Bye. So, um, you know, by taking these cards and you, you know, shuffling them all together or whatever, and then you, you know, you kind of think about your question or your intention that you want, and then you pull a couple cards. Some people use like certain spreads, you know, tarot spreads for certain things, which that's totally fine too. And there's so many, um, and I always make ones for the moon. So that is, you know, something I always do. And especially when you're first starting, it is helpful, but, um, you know, it really is kind of getting a different perspective on a situation. Um, excuse me, if you, you know, if you are thinking about changing jobs or, you know, you, there's a relationship, whether it's a friend or romantic relationship that you, you know, you feel like it's going well and everything, but there may be something kind of nagging you about it, you know, pull a couple cards because sometimes it will kind of call you out. And mm-hmm. most times mm-hmm. it's yes. about, it winds up being about you and what you need to work on to like present yourself better, or, you know, just what maybe even you need to reframe your thoughts to bring in some stuff. So, um, you know, just by using the cards, it's just like an extra guidance. It's just like having that best friend that tells you like it is, and you you know, there you go. So mm-hmm. it, you know, and a lot of people will pull cards and then they don't like the card. They're like, eh, that's, you know, cause it's feeling a little stretchy and you're like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. That that's not what I want to do. And you <laughs> put the cards back in and then you reshuffle and you draw the same cards because mm-hmm. that's usually what happens. Yeah. And it really helps you too, to just develop your intuition because you're, you know, intuition's a muscle. You have to use it in order for it to really expand and grow. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, okay. What is the meaning behind like the cups, the wands, the pentacles? Like what is the meaning behind those cards? So for the, um, for the pentacles, pentacles is, um, and it's usually represented like a coin with a pentacle in it, you know, different decks have different things, but that is all about, um, like earthly material things. Um, and that's also like your work, your home life, um, and you know, business money, obviously. So that when you pull those cards, that's what that focus is. Um, and then you get onto the wands. Like I mentioned, wands are all about action. Um, you know, if you think of pentacles, that could be actually like the earth element. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, wands, which is like fire. So if you think of it that way too, it's like movement, like you're moving, like things are happening. So wands are all about the, the moving and the action. And then you have the swords, 
which that's related to the um the air element. So swords are all about your thoughts, all Mm -hmm. about um, like taking action and just your words and how you use them and the best way to use them even. So then that brings us to cups. So cups is related to the water element. So that is all emotion. Um, Mm -hmm. That is just, and that's emotion in all situations. So, you know, that card too, those cards rather, when you pull them sometimes, you know, it may even like note, like, you know, yeah, there's a lot of emotion here. So maybe you need to go in this direction. So that is just kind of like the roundabout of those cards. And it also like the cards that come up also depend on the context of the question. For example, um, you could have the death card, but that doesn't literally mean that you're going to die or something bad is going to happen. And then I know how sometimes you could pull a reverse card and people think that, you know, usually the that the reverse card just means something negative. But I, from having my, because I actually just got a tarot deck, the Rider Waite, the newer, the newer version of it. Yes, yes. You know, but so I've noticed that if I've gotten a reverse card, it's not necessarily like a bad thing. So for other people that are not familiar with, you know, doing tarot or they haven't done it on their own time or they haven't actually gotten the tarot reading before, what does like a reverse card really mean? So really, um, you know, that's kind of a like a hot topic right now. Um, some people, you know, it, it really actually doesn't matter if you read reversals or not. You if you are comfortable doing it, then you can dive right in or you can wait until you know the cards a little bit better and then start doing it. I always just did them right off the bat. That's just how I did it. But I do know people that don't read them at all. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't affect your, your reading. Um, you know, there is no really right way with that. And that's a really big point I want to make that when you are learning tarot, if people are telling you you're doing it wrong, then know not to listen to them because everybody's journey is their own. And there, you know, a lot of times you can pull an upright card, but you can see a reverse meaning in it. And it also depends, you know, when, if you have, um, like if you go to a reader or whatever, and if they do um, reversals, you know, it's always good to ask too what their meaning of reversal is because people have different perception of it. And, you know, for me, it's more of like a blocked energy. Like maybe that's something you need to focus a little bit more on. I may pull another card or two just to be like, okay, well, this energy seems a little blocked. Maybe we can see what we can do to kind of move through it, you know? And, you know, there are people that do a reversal and they, and it's like the bad version, but I don't really you know, I don't believe that there's really any bad cards. Um, you know, again, it's all your perspective. It's all the question and it's all the energy of the reading and how you do it. I mean, there's definitely cards you pull and you're like, oh, fine, fine. All right. I'll, I'll not do that. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and usually like, you know, the swords cards, a lot of people don't love because they're like, oh, swords. But if you think about it, like I said, it's, all about your thoughts and it's about your words. So are you not using your words wisely? Like maybe (laughs) that's what it is, but then again, it may be bad to you because that means I'm calling you out on something and you need to stop being snarky, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? So it definitely is, um, one of those things. Like I always, when I teach, I always recommend trying it both ways Mm -hmm. and for a little while and see what works for you. Um, and you know, like I, you know, I was saying that there are no really bad, bad cards, but you know, like the death card, like you mentioned, you know, that's all about change. Like situations need to die. Things need to be like put away so that new things can happen. So that's really all that that means, you know? And I think sometimes with the images on the card that people, that confuses them a little bit, but you know, that's also why I really think it's important when you start learning, I always recommend to get a Rider Waite Smith deck and really like look at the images, look at the cards, read about them because all of the symbols, the colors and all of those things mean something. And I feel like when you, you know, kind of take the time to dive into it and just know what all those meanings are and and what all that means, then it, it helps to kind of deepen your readings and it helps you explain better because it isn't like, oh my gosh, I pulled, you know, the three of swords. That's the one with the heart with the three swords in it that you see all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh no, I got that, you know, and that can mean an end of a relationship or somebody is getting in the middle of a relationship or something like that. But you know what? That relationship may have had to have ended for something better to come along. Mm -hmm. So it's really just like, 
looking at the big picture and not just that one image, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the more you use it, the more your intuition kicks in. And then that also helps you too to kind of really define the cards. Yeah. And so did, can anybody do tarot or do you recommend someone going to someone that's more of a professional tarot card reader? You know, I think anybody um, can definitely learn tarot. You don't need to be a psychic or a medium or even a witch to do it. Um, mm-hmm. There's a ton of people that I know that, you know, they really take more of like the science side of it with the numbers and, you know, just those like meetings in the cards that, you know, the, you know, Pamela Waits, you know, Wait Smith actually and all them put it in there. And so there are a lot of people that I know that are definitely more technical with it and their readings are just, just as good. You know, they're totally fine. Um, and I think that's what is awesome about having so many different readers um, is that we all have a different style and we all have different perception when we're coming to the cards to, you know, pull them for you. So it's one of those things, like you can always find a really good fit somehow. And, you know, and that's even just for other readers too. Like they need to realize like, it's not a competition, you know, Mm -hmm. there's room for all of us because, Mm -hmm. you know, you may not love the way I read, but you may love the way somebody else reads. And if I, you know, come to someone and I go to do a reading on them, which it's only actually happened once in my whole time. And we just weren't vibing, you know, um, they were, you know, definitely more of a serious, like they were like, you know, that more kind of sciencey brain, you know, and, and I was like, you know what, I don't, you know, we're not really super vibing here, but I know somebody that I think that you would do great with. And they actually went up emailing me back and thanking me mm-hmm. um, for that. And, you know, then they even went on to recommend me to people, you know, mm-hmm. because then they kind of knew what my style was and that's how it works. So you got to keep it open, but you know, if you are learning, you know, you can most certainly just take a, take a, you know, Rider Waite Smith deck and start looking at the cards. And, you know, for that, I usually recommend um, pulling like one card a day, looking at it, and then just writing about like your thoughts and feelings about it. Like, mm-hmm. don't even look at the book yet. Just write your thoughts and feelings about the card and just kind of sit with it and just kind of like get familiar with the images in it. And then you can look at the book and write that maybe underneath. And then after you do that, you know, as you're doing that, you're kind of learning the cards, but then you're also working on your intuition at the same time um, because everyone has intuition. Just most of us don't use it. This is big facts, honey. I yeah. mean, we always are ignoring the signs in front of us. That's why I've noticed, like, if I ever had a, a question and, you know, I feel like it's not being answered, what I'll do is, is I'll think about the question before I go to sleep. And then once I do go to sleep, a lot of times a question will be a- answered for me within my dreams. Yeah. So that's another way, because it's like you're not able to get in your own way when you're sleeping versus being awake, because sometimes you can easily ignore the signs that are that are right there in front of you, essentially. So, right. No, exactly. And that's what a lot of times, too, um, you know, even just for when people I'm telling, you know, to work on their intuition, I always tell them to just keep like a little like a journal or the notes mm-hmm. app on your phone. And when you see things that pop in your head, like you notice it, you know, for some reason, you notice the blue bird flying around outside. Mm -hmm. Like why, you know, write that down Mm -hmm. and, you know, start kind of recording it because you can go back and be like, oh yeah, okay, this is why this happened and this happened. And I feel like it helps to kind of validate it for yourself because like you said, like we're our own worst enemies with this Mm -hmm. stuff. And we've, but we've also been really conditioned to ignore it, you know, like, oh, well, if it's not on paper, then it can't be real. So, you know, and it's also kind of, you know, you're kind of like reconditioning your thinking and trusting yourself because I do feel that we also, you know, as a society, especially women, like we're not, we're taught not to trust ourselves mm-hmm. and it's completely stupid because, you know, our intuition is, is so spot on a lot of the time. And, you know, we are like taught to ignore it, you know, because why, why should we be right? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. God forbid us be right. Yeah. If we do something right for the damn right. world. Like, whoa, I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah. Us women, we've been, I mean, we've been through so much for centuries upon centuries and we'll, we're still trying to get, gain our rights. So, right. you know, but yes, we are, we are all very intuitive people and it is very important for people when it comes to pulling cards to trust your intuition. But that leads me into another, question that I had, which is how do you know how many cards you should pull for a reading? Is it just something that you need to trust when it comes to your intuition as well? Or is, how do you know that? 
Yeah, um, I think as you, the more you start, you read and you start reading for other people, um, it gets a little bit easier. Um, when you're first starting out, a lot of people will use, um, you know, they do the Celtic cross and stuff like that. I, you know, I know how to do it. I don't love doing it. I feel like it, it kind of, t- it unfocuses me because I'm so worried about like where all the cards are and what section means what. So I don't really use that a ton for, uh, for clients or anything, but, um, you can really just start with a simple, just three cards that, uh, spread, you know, past, present, future. And go from there. That's like the base one to do when you start reading for other people. And it's great. Um, For me, I will usually start pulling three cards and then I just kind of go until I feel like it's done. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and for me, that could be anywhere from five cards to 10 cards, depending on the situation or what I'm getting and the feedback I'm getting from the client as well. So, you know, that is definitely one of those things that, you know, over time you do, you know, you do kind of figure that out for yourself, but when you're first starting, just doing that basic three card spread is perfect. Got it. So you also do clearings and I know when it comes to tarot, sometimes if it's gone through too many, if you're doing a reading for someone else, it's always kind of really good to do clearing of the tarot before you read for other people. So Mm -hmm. what are some good ways that people, when it comes to their tarot duct, that they can clear it before they do a reading for someone else? There are like so many ways to do this. Um, You know, you, the really the easiest one, and that's, I usually use the most is you just knock on the deck three times and just Mm -hmm. in your head, like you just set the intention. I'm clearing the deck, knock, 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 done. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really like, I tend to use that one a lot too, because um, if I'm doing an event or something like that, it's like 15 minute sections and it's one after the other. So it's just a quick, easy way. Um, but you can also put them out in the full moon to cleanse them and charge them. You can, um, use a smoke cleanse if you want. Um, and that can either, you know, that can even just be incense or whatever. Sound is great to use. Um, if you have like a singing bowl, just to kind of put it over there. Um, and I'll do that sometimes. Like I have a big shelf with all of my cards on it. Um, because you know, I have quite a few (laughs) and you know, I'll just even just take the singing bowl and just kind of go around it and just do that just as like a general clearing. Um, if you do Reiki, um, or any healing modality like that, you can always Reiki the cards. Um, you can use crystals, um, you know, quartz is the, you know, the all around crystal for all the things and it's super easy to get. So, you know, if you pop a quartz crystal right on there, that is good too. And it really only needs to be on there for like a minute or two. It doesn't need to be on there for a long time. Um, you could put it in a bowl of salt if you want. Um, I don't recommend any water. <laughs> um, some people, you know, I've, I've come across that. Oh yeah. It was like sage spraying my, my cards. I'm like, what? no, don't do that. <laughs> um, and you know, if you really feel like you need to do that, I would probably like, you know, maybe put it in a, like a Tupperware bowl or put some saran wrap around it and just spray around it or something. Um, or you can even just take, um, a crystal in a bowl of water and just set it on top. If you, if you really, really feel called to do that, but I feel like there's so many different ways that you really don't need to, but, um, but yeah, so there's just, there are, there's so many ways to do it. Yeah. And you know what? Speaking of clearing. So what I usually do is underneath every week or so, I put um, sea salt underneath my bed, like on just like a small plate. Mm -hmm. And then I put it underneath the head of where my bed is. And a lot of times for what for those who are not familiar what that usually does is it helps to clear out the negative thoughts. And and you would do that pretty much every week. So once a week, you would just change the sea salt um, and then you would replenish it and then put some new sea salt in there. And it's good to just keep that underneath your bed. And I know kind of like it's kind of like an old African thing, but putting water, a cup of water underneath Mm -hmm. your bed too, kind of also helps with that as well. So for those of you who aren't familiar, you guys might want to check that out if you guys are dealing with, you know, certain things that are traumatic in your life or you're going through something that is a really good way to help you and your thoughts to clear your mind so yeah definitely and I recommend definitely in crystals too Mm -hmm. um I will put crystal right in a salt bowl and stick it right under my bed you know kind of depending on 
what energy I want to like get rid of, or I want to bring in maybe, or something like that. So that's definitely a, a really good and easy thing to do for mm-hmm. sure. And speaking of crystals, what, uh, what are some ways that you feel like are useful to uh, clearing your crystals and how often should you clear your crystals? Usually, um, you know, depending, I guess, on how many you have too. um, you know, you can always put them on the windowsills on the full moon. That's always a great thing. And it's really comes down to kind of the same things. Like if you do Reiki, you can Reiki, you can use sound, um, and you can, you know, and that can even be just clapping over them too. Like, you know, I, I try to, you know, keep things simple because, you know, we're all busy and we, you know, we want to do all these big grand things, but then reality is reality, you know? So I always try to like, keep it really like simple, but a lot of times if you just hold a crystal, um, and you, you know, for me, I just kind of feel like if it's just like dull, I guess is the word I'll use, you know, if it's just like blah, you know, and then you can, you know, like you said, you can put it in some salt that works always. And then, or the smoke cleansing, um, you can even just bring them outside and put them on the ground, um, just like in the dirt or whatever on the grass. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it really is kind of all those same types of things that you can do, but you know, when you do have your crystals and stuff, it's always good to just kind of get to know them too. Like you're getting to know your cards, you know, hold them. How does that mean? How's it making you feel like, you know, for me, certain um, crystals, sorry, make my hands tingly. Some make them warm, some make them cool. And then, you know, some make me feel like, you know, more relaxed or some may make me feel a little more hyper or, you know, help me think a little better. So I think, you know, and, you know, there are the set things that the crystals do, but really for me, I, you know, I definitely feel like crystal energy is its own thing. So I may pick up an amethyst and be like, oh, this is giving me a headache. Meanwhile, you know, somebody else may pick it up and be like, oh, this is really calming for me. So I think it's really good trying it out and seeing what works for you and that being that just really being mindful and in the moment and letting, you know, really feeling how it, you know, how it feels and, and what it does for you. And that also too may take some time. You may just pick up a crystal and be like, all right, I'm holding a rock, big deal, you know? And <laughs> no it's connection. like, but if you're doing it with intention, that's really the important thing. And just like, you know, like you said, like if you're putting stuff under your bed, you're doing it for, you have a reason. So that's your intention. And that's what is like kind of the fuel to make all these things really work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so what is the difference between a tarot deck and an oracle deck? So an oracle, um, uh, I'll start with tarot, actually. A tarot deck is 78 cards and it's set on a, on a structure, on the Rider Waite Smith structure. So like I said, we have those major cards, we have the minor cards and all that in between. An oracle deck is more kind of free form. They range from 36 cards to 60 cards, you know, and a lot of times they have a keyword on them and those are great in addition to tarot or if tarot's really, you know, not your thing, but you still want to have cards. Oracle cards are great too. And those are really good too, like just one or done things. Like what, you know, what is my guidance today? We pull an Oracle card and it says protection. So, okay, well, I need to just, you know, mind myself today. I need to just pay attention to what's going on. So, um, you know, and those aren't really, they, they usually have a theme, but they don't have a set structure like a tarot deck does. Mm-hmm. I see. And, you know, uh, someone had a question about, you know, how do you transfer your energy into the tarot cards when you're either giving yourself a reading or you're giving someone else a reading? I think it really, you know, it comes down to that into that intention again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like I said, I have a I have a ton of decks. So if I'm reading for a client like before, I just kind of go to my deck of uh, to my um bookcase or whatever. And I just kind of like run my hands around and then like whatever one tangles is the one I grab, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's kind of what I do. And I do like weekly readings, um, on my mag, the magazine page. And I do the same thing there. Like I just kind of go and it's just like, I just grab whatever one is popping out. I grab. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's, you know, again, that whole, you know, intuition thing and just kind of letting it choose for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, for other people that are not aware, but I know this is kind of out there, which is, you know, a lot of people feel like they can't buy their own tarot deck, that they have to have someone else buy the tarot deck for them. Can you tell us how that is just a complete fallacy? 
Yes. Oh my gosh. This question, <laughs> every time I hear it, I'm like, people are still asking this damn question. <laughs> I know, girl. Ridiculous. Like, oh, what do they learn? It really, it is. But, you know, you know, like I said, they, you know, it's good. You need to ask the questions to learn. So that's mm-hmm. totally fine. I guess it's more of the people that respond to it that get me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that was something that was from way, way, way back when. So, you know, if we're even just going past that pagan era that we were talking about when, you know, Italy is kind of where the card started and, and it was really just for like the King's court, you know, like the fancy people got it mm-hmm. and, you know, and then it started kind of coming out into different, you know, different countries and even travel over to Spain at some point, you know, so then the cards were there and, you didn't, you couldn't just go buy the deck. Somebody actually had to make it for you. Mm. And, you know, so it wasn't like, oh, I want a deck. I'm going to go out and do it. But then you didn't really have anybody, unless you knew somebody, you didn't even know how to use it. Like you wouldn't even know where to begin because they didn't have guidebooks. You know, it was all really word of mouth. I mean, then later on they started writing it down, but it was all word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So that kind of came in. That's kind of when all of that kind of came into play. So then they started, you know, well, it wasn't even that you shouldn't buy your own deck. You really couldn't. And, you know, most people couldn't afford to have that done. So, you know, I also think too, that again, with the the Catholic religion and all those things coming in, they started banning all that stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that kind of, I feel like kind of came into that. Well, you can't have one unless someone gives you one. And, but if you know somebody who's giving you one, you better tell us, you better tell the church so we can take care of that business. You know what I mean? So it's so crazy how all these things like funnel into that one little detail. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, as they, you know, as we went along and, and things started developing a little bit better, it was just one of those, like, silly things that always stuck. And for a lot of us, myself included, if I didn't buy my own tarot deck, I wouldn't be reading tarot. Like there's no way I would have done it. I mean, if someone gifts you a deck, that's fantastic. It's awesome. But if you are interested, if you want to learn, then you go buy your deck. Then there's nothing wrong with it. It does not make you a bad reader. It does not make the cards not work. It doesn't, it's, it's none of those things are true. So, you know, that's something that we need to start reframing in everybody's brain. Yes. <laughs> so it's like out of existence. Yes. Well, I want to thank you for clearing that up, Ms. Jen, because like I said, you know, people still have these questions, questions lingering. They still have a lot of these misconceptions. So speaking of misconceptions, what are, do you feel like are some of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to tarot? I think probably one of the biggest things, which I've had clients ask me mostly at like expos and stuff like that, um, is, are you, are you going to tell me I'm going to die? Oh, girl. and it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> well, you know, it's like one of those things, like, you know, I don't really want that responsibility. Kate, thanks. And, you know, it's probably something you may be doing yourself. So mm-hmm. are you going to actually literally die? Probably not. But do you need to kill some things off in your life that aren't good for you? Maybe. So Mm -hmm. it's all perception, you know, it's definitely all of that. And then, you know, as I mentioned, the whole telling people that they're doing things wrong um, and, you know, and that even like what, you know, the whole buying a deck thing. And then you people will mention they bought a deck for themselves. And then there's all these people on there telling them that, oh, that's wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And it's like. That's not helping anybody. That's not a helpful thing. You're not even saying why you think it's wrong. You're just saying it's wrong. Mm-hmm. So um, I think really too, if if you come across somebody or a situation or something online that's they're just like you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You know, don't just walk away from tarot. Don't just be like, I'm not doing this. Do some research, like look into it, you know, look into those people that you trust, message them, email them. Mm -hmm. And most of us tarot readers, you know, if I get an email with a solid question, I will absolutely answer it. I have no problem doing that whatsoever. So don't be afraid to do that. You know, go on their website, ask the question if you really want to know and read and just read, 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 read all the different books so that you can get everybody's like kind of different opinions on it or their perceptions or, you know, their just take on it because that will also help you formulate your own. Um, And I think too that, you know, some people will talk about, well, you only use one tarot deck. That's it. You can't have more than one. Obviously, as I stated, I have a lot. (laughs) You got 300, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's probably closer to four at this point, but 
Yeah, but it, you know, that is it. for me, I love using different decks because the different different imagery on them. And for some situations, you know, a deck, one of my decks will just pop in my head. I'm like, oh, I'm going to pull a card from that deck because whatever those images, whatever those colors may, you know, may help to really help, you know, get to the bottom of a problem. And it's for some reason, like my intuition is calling for that type of image to bring it out. Like maybe there's a reason why. And I've pulled decks for people and and they just you know, most times they, they love it. They're like, you know, these, this is fantastic. And it, and it also helps to relate and it helps to make them comfortable. And, you know, it just makes for a better reading, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, just don't try not to be judgy, you know? And it's like, a lot of times we do these metaphysical things because we're tired of the judgy, you know, we don't Mm want to be judged. We want to just do our thing. And, you know, but those old things tend do come up, you know, and if you do find that if they're coming up, pull some cards on them, maybe Mm -hmm. it's time to dive into that because now it's time to squash it. So don't just, don't be afraid of them, you know? And like I said, Mm -hmm. it's not bad. It's a tool. Mm-hmm. All of these things that we use, the crystals, you know, the tarot decks, the oracle decks, all of them, they're all tools. And what really is most important is our intention, our intu- intuition and how we use it, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and how we decide, you know, what we're going to do when we do get these answers from the tools that we're using. And, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of this stuff too, it comes down to helping people. You, you know, we do this because we want to help people, mm-hmm. you know, and I think sometimes really just bringing yourself back to that is really important too. And not to get so lost in making sure you're, you're taking pictures for your social media, like these gorgeous cards and, and getting on there and being like, well, <clears throat> excuse me, you're not a witch if you don't do this, 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 or that, that, that. Mm-hmm. And I ran into that recently and my brain about exploded. I was like, what are you talking about? And it, and mm-hmm. it was a young girl and I think she had very good intentions, but don't tell, don't tell people that they need to be certain things, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, I mean, I think, you know, unfortunately we're not past that, but that's another thing we need to work on and just start reframing and like getting out there. So mm-hmm. I think that has, you know, that's a big thing too. And just, just be aware and pay attention. Mm-hmm. And okay. I know that you say that you're a witch and I know for a lot of people, the term witch is a little off-putting for them, but can you break down what being a witch really means and what it also means to you? So a lot of, you know, there are different kinds of witches. There are people who are witches, but don't like the word. So they don't use it, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's all totally fine. I have it tattooed on my arm, so it's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, it's happening. It's there. So I think for me, um, at a young age, I just, that's what I gravitated to. And I just always identified as that, you know, and I'm like, yep, that's what I am. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, you know, again, social media, the movies have just made like crazy, you know, it's just, it's so silly, a lot of it. But, you know, even if you think of it, you know, think about, for example, um, Wicked, you know, Mm -hmm. and her, like, you know, Fabia, she, she's actually a really good person, but they kept putting all their like expectations and thoughts and all these things on her that she was like, screw it, then I'll be bad. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Definitely, it is what you make it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people that I know that are Christian wish- witches, mm-hmm. um, and that's always a, that's a very interesting one for me. Um, I, I do love talking to them about it because it, it's very it's very different, and interesting for me. Um, and then there are people who consider to be you know the white witches and the gray witches and all of that business. Like I don't really get detailed that detailed. Like I'm just a witch, and that's what I am. You know, mm-hmm. I defined my own practice, and I you know when it comes down to it, it's all about not, you know, being a good person and treating people well, because what you put out comes back to you. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, that's the universe thing. That's quantum physics. That's all of that stuff. So, you know, I think really, you know, if you want to practice anything metaphysical or whatever, you could still do it and not be a witch. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to put that name on you. And I think that's a a really big misconception is like, well, I really love crystals and I really love tarot and I like to do spells and that's fantastic, you know, and do it. You don't have to call yourself anything, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's fine. Um, You know, but for me, it's just really, a way of living. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just, I have like, I do 
all these things all day long. I use it in my coaching. It's just so a part of me. And I do feel like it always has been. Like I said, I was always that like weird kid outside. Like, you know, I was looking for, people are looking for frogs. I'm looking for fairies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where are the freaking gnomes? Like, I want to talk right. to them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I think it's really important too that if you are going into a practice um, like this is to, again, research and read. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really, I love to research um, different religions. I love learning about them. Um, when I was, when I was younger, my parents moved around a lot. They were not the most ideal set of parents ever. So we moved around a lot. We didn't have any money and I would be always shuffled off to different churches because, you know, they always offered to take up like me and my sister and my brother. And then I always went because they fed us. Mm. <laughs> my, parents were, my parents were really big on that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they always, but I have gone to I can't even tell you so many different denominations of churches in my lifetime because of that. And in a way I am grateful for that because it kind of really gave me that, that view of all the, uh, of how they all operate and how they all, you know, saw each other. And in that's in a, even in a kid's viewpoint, because mm-hmm. there were some places when churches I went to and they're like, oh, don't ever go there. They're, those people are bad. And then I'd go there because food. And they'd be like, don't go over there because they're bad. And, you know, and so for me, that really helped me develop my practice. And, um, you know, you know, again, it's just taking what resonates with you and leaving what doesn't. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the term witch itself has such a negative connotation and really goes back to, once again, the Bible and yeah. their, you know, idea of witch. But really, it wasn't even a bad thing. It was just a, another name because they couldn't figure out what name they really wanted to use for it. So, you know, yeah. it, it's just been turned into such a negative thing for a very long time. And I also want to get into, OK, because this is a, a, a question that a lot of people have, which is how do you. um know whether uh, you're talking to someone that is a witch or a psychic or a medium or a legit tarot card reader, because there are so many charlatans out here. There's so many people that are on, you know, YouTube pulling yeah. cards and they have no idea what they're doing. They're talking about, oh, you know, manifesting and how, oh, if you do this particular manifesting technique, then you're going to get all of the things that you desire in the world, which, uh, honey, that's just not realistic, you know? <laughs> Word. <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just so exhausting. So with so many- exhausting. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's like one of those things too. Like it's it's just oh it's so unfair to the rest of us who have been working so hard developing our craft and really like making sure that we're at where we you know can be of service to others. Mm-hmm. Um, I think first of the the big thing which Instagram has been a monster about lately are the copycat accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, mo- pretty much, I'm going to say 99.9% of tarot readers will not message you saying mm-hmm. you have a curse on them mm-hmm. that or or soliciting a reading or a service or any of those things. Mm-hmm. So if somebody does that, just immediately block them you know, report and block them because that, right. That is not how it works. Like nobody does that. Nobody does that. Um, so that is like a really, really big thing. And then again, um, you know, a lot of people I've known, um, actually that I just actually found one in my area, somebody went to, and they told them they had a curse on them. Mm-hmm. So they needed to bring them like vinegar and salt. And I don't know, it was some nonsense. Like, I'm like, Oh, are they into like voodoo or hoodoo? And then they told me what it, I'm like, Oh no, they're not. Never mm-hmm. mind. That's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> you know, plus they wouldn't, that a practitioner like that wouldn't be asking you to bring ingredients. So there's also that, So you know, it, it's one of the, but she went and she paid a couple hundred dollars for the first oh, wow. visit. And they're like, you need to, you need to do this for this many days come back and then the next time you know it was like charging her 500 and i'm like Mm-mm. you know and, and she and it's one of those things like i know her pretty well and i'm like girl i'll do that for free for you like right. what are you talking about like why did you do this like and somebody was there and talked her into it but there is no reason that anybody needs to be charging that to like remove curses and stuff mm-hmm. like that because you know a lot of that is just non it's nonsense it is Mm -hmm. it's a lot of nonsense and you know 
you know, going back to putting the salt under your bed, that would probably take care of most of your business, mm -hmm. you know, and paying somebody. And, you know, it's when people approach you um, and say that, oh, you, oh, I, I sense this and you need this, mm -hmm. you know, question it, ask questions, ask lots of questions, even if you feel stupid, because you know what? After you start asking a couple of questions, they're going to back right off mm -hmm. and you're going to save yourself a lot of money and a lot of heartache because some people get so caught up in that. Like, oh, my, you know, I've had people come to me even saying that and I'm like, oh, no, no, let's let's take a minute, you know, and I do Reiki and I do stuff like that. So a lot of times, like, I'll just do a quick clearing on them, just bounce their chakras out. And you're like, you're good. It's fine. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think that's something really, really to pay a attention to. And then if, if, some, if they're constantly asking for money, mm -hmm. I mean, we have to make money. We have to charge for our time and our energy. Mm -hmm. And yes, we will be charging. And, you know, some people will ch charge very, very cheap. And, you know, I think that's a disservice to them and their energy, but they will do that. But a lot of times if they're charging you $5 for a card, it usually leads into something else. <laughs> like that's how they get you in. And, you know, they're like, oh, I read that, you know, like we pulled the death card for you. Oh no, you're going to die. Let's do this spell for $400, you know? And so I think just paying attention, being mindful to that, um, you know, and seeing if like, okay, you know, yeah, if you want to buy a $5 card, fine. But just know that if that person takes it further than that, like, okay, never mind any of this. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you're out five bucks. That's no big deal. It's way better than, you know, a couple hundred. Um, so I think, you know, again, it's just, it's just asking questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And when you come to do a reading, um, you know, again, be open and it's okay to ask questions. And the reader is going to ask you questions because it gives you a deeper reading. And then it also isn't, you like, you know, the, the reader asking the client a whole bunch of like, you know, questions you could have just could have just told us. And then the time's up and we didn't. And, I'm, you know, for me, I'm most of the time like crap, like I was just getting into the good stuff and we're already an hour because mm -hmm. you were sitting there like trying to like test me, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, you know. And that's even like before you go meet with somebody, don't be afraid to email them a couple, a couple questions mm -hmm. so that it's all out of the way. So you can get a really good deep reading and, um, you know, really know. And if you go to someone and they're pulling cards or whatever, and it's not making sense, the whole thing, they're talking about all these other things besides what you're doing. You can stop a reading. You have absolutely control of that. You can ask for your money back if, if it didn't resonate or whatever. Um, so don't be afraid to do that. Because I do feel like people go for readings or go for healing or go for all these things. And then they feel like they can't like say, listen, this didn't work for me or, mm -hmm. you know, or this didn't. And, and, you know, a lot of, you know, sometimes too, though, like even if you do Reiki or crystal healing, and people will be like, well, nothing really happened. It's like, well, it's not going to yet. It's not meant to yet. It's going to happen in its own time. And, you know, that's also a part of the, you know, the reader or the healer to explain that as well, because, you know, if they don't explain anything and they're just like, okay, here you get this and we're done. Bye. See you later. Mm -hmm. That's something to question. You yeah. Know, Sure. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, in the world where there's so many charlatans out there, there's so many Mrs. Cleo's out there. It's so, you know, it's very it's very sad to see how there's so many people that have been taken advantage by these so-called psychics or mediums or whatever, because there's so many people out there that are really just holding on to hope. And they're trying to get some answers to whatever questions that they have in their life or they really want to get in contact with the loved one, you know, right. and you have those people trying to take advantage of that so I ask a lot of people that do metaphysics what is their different takes on how someone can um you know figure out whether someone is real or fake because that's a question that I've gotten a lot from other people which is like well how do you even know you know whether someone yeah. is legitimate or not so yeah everybody take notes on that that's how you know now I want to just really quickly get into Reiki and what it is because that's something that a lot of people are getting into nowadays but you know oftentimes there's people People that do things and don't really understand the merit of why they do them just because, oh, someone told you you should do Reiki. You got one small little issue in your life. So now you got to go to Reiki. But right, right. No, yeah. it is. And it's, you know, it, it's that's one of those hard things, too, that now it's like you can do it online um, and stuff like that. So 
you know, which is fine. And I do think that you can get your, like when you finish your Reiki classes, you get the attunements, which just kind of help us, it helps to focus your energy and you, you just like connect to the source energy and whatever. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people go through that and not really paying attention to what you're doing. And like you said, they're getting it and they're like, oh, I'm, you know, and then, oh, I'm a Reiki, I'm a Reiki master now. Yay me. But they don't really get it. Like they don't really know what that means or why they're doing it or how they're doing it. Um, so Reiki, the easiest way I like to explain it is that um, when you do receive Reiki, it's actually your own energy. Um, a, a Reiki healer does not use their energy to heal you. Um, it's basically like you are a lamp and I'm plugging, I'm plugging you into the wall and turning the lamp on. Mm. So I am actually just, you know, bringing up your own energy. Cause again, like I said, you know, all these things have been suppressed in us. Like we all have the abilities to do these things, but they've been so like, nope, no, nope, we don't do that. Like, think about, you know, even like when you were, if you were little or if you have kids and like they bump their head, you put your hand on their head. Oh, why are you doing? Oh, that's like doing Reiki. And a lot of times when, you know, you, you start explaining it, people are like, oh my God, I've been doing that like my whole life. So, you know, it's really doing it that way. But when you do it um, for clients in that way, it's just really more focusing the energy and helping you to focus your energy to heal yourself. Um, or again, to just kind of like balance out your chakras and that sort of thing. And when I do it, you know, I do get sensations. I do get tingles. I do get cold feeling like on certain areas. So I will ask like, you know, is there something going on with your left thigh? Because it seems really hot over here. And, you know, most times, oh yeah, there's, you know, I pulled my muscle or whatever. I get a bruise there or whatever. So then I just will help kind of like direct it, you know, direct that energy to that area. So it isn't really me putting my energy in. I'm just directing your energy to that so that you can heal yourself. Um, and, you know, it's very relaxing for people because it's, again, it's like all these things that you're pushing down and it's kind of just helping to bring it up. Um, so a lot of people do get emotional when they have Reiki done um, because it is, it, it's that energy, you know, that's energy too. And it's blocking a lot of stuff. So sometimes that needs to get moved around. Um, and, you know, after you have Reiki done, sometimes you might, yeah, some people get a mild headache, some don't, some, you know, you might notice that you're like peeing a lot or anything like that, like your body starts kind of flushing itself out. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm always really big on like when anytime I have, you know, a session with somebody is making sure they drink a lot of fluids that day because um, sometimes they get tummy upsets or anything like that, but it's all just like, it's all that energy just moving and getting out of the way so that you can just feel better and do better. I see. So when is it necessary for someone to um, come in and receive Reiki? Um, it's really, you know, it's one of those things, like if it's been something that keeps popping up for you again, mm -hmm. listen to your intuition, um, or, you know, you've been noticing it, uh, like, you know, just, it, just around, like you've seen it scrolling on Facebook, you see Reiki four times, or like you look at a book and they're talking about it or any of those things. Um, you can, you know, I would say it's definitely time to look into it. Um, you can use it just for anxiety. You can use the, use it for fertility. You can use it just for for general aches and pains in your body. Um, you know, if you have trouble sleeping, um, you know, if you feel like you're even having trouble, it's like for anything like relationships, anything, um, you can, you can do it. And it's really, you know, it's really helpful because like I said, it just kind of refocuses your energy. Um, it just kind of helps to, you know, get rid of anything that's not needed so that you can think clearer or you are moving energy so that you can heal faster um, mm -hmm. or think clearer or any of those things. Mm -hmm. And you actually have your own tarot deck that you're working on. So tell us a little bit more about that and when we can be expecting it. Yes. I'm so excited about it. Um, mm -hmm. We have, um, we have about 30, two or three cards done so far. And, you know, there's 78 cards in the deck, 79, mm -hmm. if you include the backing. So we got a little ways to go, but this has been going on for about a year and a half. It takes, wow. it takes three to four years to, to create a tarot deck, believe it or not. Wow. Um, it takes like eight, nine months to, to write a book and it takes three or four years to create a tarot deck. So why is that? Why does it take so long to create a tarot deck? 
Well, because, um, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing too, is that you're literally creating 79 pieces of art on these little cards. So I do have an artist. Um, so she is creating all of these cards from my description. So mm -hmm. I write, I, I am writing the book and I wrote out all the descriptions of the cards. Um, and it's like very detailed. It's down to their weight, their height, their skin color, their ethnicity, you oh, know, yeah. um, what color dress they're wearing, what style dress they're wearing, mm -hmm. you know, and that's just one little element in the card. There are all these different elements. So it takes a while to write out, you know, 79 card descriptions and then making sure they all flow together, making sure they're all cohesive with the Rider Waite Smith because it is based off that most tarot decks are, mm -hmm. um, you know, so, you know, it, that it just, it, it takes time and then she has to draw them. Um, so usually I get about three cards a month, I'd say, depending mm -hmm. on what's going on. And I do release one every month and that is, you can see them on my Instagram too. So if you go on my Instagram, you can see those cards and, um, and yeah, so since we're, you know, when, when we get about halfway through, so about 45 ish or so, then I'll start writing the guidebook for it and, nice. um, getting that all together. And then my deck has, you know, some decks are just Rider Waite Smith. These are the cards. Mine has more of a story to it. So, um, I, you know, my, my guidebook will be a little bit thicker, you know, just because I I'm adding that story element to it. Wow, well, that's awesome. So uh, when can we respect, when can we expect for the tarot deck to drop in stores? Um, I'm well, I am self-publishing this one. So um, I have in my bio, in my Instagram bio, um, a Kickstarter alert um, that you just pop your email in there and I'll let you know when it gets going. So um, I do, you know, plan on doing that. I'm hoping by next, this time next year to get the Kickstarter up and running and going because um, the Kickstarter itself can only be open for six months. So mm. I'm not quite there yet because we she has all these other cards to do. So um, next year, you know, next year, this time, probably midsummer, I'm going to really start getting things going. And um, and then this will be, you know, probably a limited edition one. I will. I'm not sure how many decks I'm going to order yet, but. Um, if you do want to um, be on it, you definitely want to get on the, the list there because um, my my hope and plan is for it to be picked up by a publisher after that. And then they will be publishing it and handling all the shipping and all that. And that's when it'll be like in the stores and stuff. So so I will have that going. And I also have like another project I can't quite talk about yet, which is very, very related, which will be dropping soon as well. Nice. Well, best of luck with that and let everybody know where they can reach out to you and connect with you. It's Stardust Wanderer Tarot on all the socials. You just put that in. You will find me everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, wonderful. Thank you so much, Jen, for coming and vibing out with me today. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thank you. This was so much fun. Yes. And for everybody else, if you like to follow me on IG, you can do so at I am Kyra Mahoney. Or if you like to donate to the Vibe Selection podcast, you can do so at www.patreon.com slash Vibe Selection. Or if you like any Vibe Selection merch, whether it's a hoodie, whether it's a tote, whether it's a nice little coffee mug, you can get that at www.teespring.com slash Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra, and tune in next for next week's episode. So stay safe, stay healthy out there. Bye. Thank you for joining Vibe Selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash Vibe Selection.